Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. so good to be with you today. Um, We're so glad you could join us for Church at Home. Hope you're having a wonderful time together so far. Um, Today we're going to be going through John chapter 12 as we continue our Following Jesus series. And I love this story because it's one of extravagant love. You can always tell when people are newly in love, can't you? They do extravagant things for one another, whether it's over-the-top gifts or fancy dinners or expensive uh, experiences. When Justin and I were first dating, he surprised me for my birthday. He flew us up to Queensland for a day at Movie World. And I thought that was pretty crazy uh, as a 19 year old. We just flew up for the day and flew back that afternoon. Uh, It was a pretty extravagant gift and uh, it was very obvious we were in love. Our parents used to always tease us because as we would wait for one another to come over to each other's homes, we would be pacing up and down the hallways, poking our head out the windows. Are they there yet? Are they here yet? Um, Pretty embarrassing. Uh, Our young love was very obvious. Um, And we're still in love, by the way. Um, But in this story, we're going to read about the extravagant love Mary had for Jesus. Now, not a romantic love, of course, but a love for her saviour, a respect and an honour, a worship that she had. So in John chapter 12, reading from verse 1, it says, Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So there's a dinner being held in Jesus' honour, maybe because he'd recently raised Lazarus from the dead. I think that's worth celebrating. Jesus brings dead stuff back to life. Amen. We were once dead to sin. Now we are alive in Christ. Verse 3 goes on. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So Martha's here serving dinner. Lazarus is enjoying himself with Jesus. Everyone's there having a nice time. And then all of a sudden, Mary comes out with this bottle of perfume and pours it on Jesus' feet. She gets her hair and she's wiping his feet. At that time in history, Mary's hair would have been the most honoured part of her body. And she used it to clean Jesus' feet, the most lowliest and dirtiest part of his And there was prophetic significance in this moment, the anointing of Jesus, alluding to his coming death and burial just days later. And it amazes me to think that Mary didn't use this perfume on her brother Lazarus when he died recently. Whether she knew what was really going on in Jesus' story here or maybe not, her spirit must have felt something important was about to happen. And she used this bottle for Jesus. Mary spent time with Jesus, so she was in tune with him. And it's a beautiful and powerful thing when our hearts are in tune with God's heart. Verse 3 says, The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Mary filled the atmosphere of this home with her worship. She lavishly poured out her most precious possession on her Saviour, showing her complete submission and love for him. 
She didn't care what it cost and she didn't care what other people thought of her. Reading on verse 4. But one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So Judas pipes up here and tries to sound holy and wise by saying, why did you waste this expensive perfume? You could have sold it, which sounds fair enough, but we know that his motives weren't pure. We see such a difference in the hearts of Mary and Judas. One showed generosity, the other greed. Judas saw the perfume as a waste, where Mary saw it as her worship. Whatever we give to the Lord will never be wasted. Whether it's our time, our finances, our resources, the sacrifices we make, it's all worship for Jesus. So Judas is here having dinner with Jesus, the Son of God. He was one of the few lucky people who got to do life with Jesus while he was on earth. And all he was concerned about in this moment was how someone else was spending their resources. He was enslaved by money and driven by greed. He was in a tricky spot because Matthew 6 says you cannot serve both God and money. Of course, there's nothing inherently wrong with money. We need it for life. But when money becomes our main focus and drive, that's where there can be some problems. And one of the ways we can help destroy money's hold over us is by being generous givers and keeping Jesus at the centre of all we do. The most similar situation that I've been in that relates to this story, I think, is when Justin and I went to a Christian conference uh, years ago before we were married in Sydney. Um, Sorry if you've heard this story before, but I was convinced he was going to propose during this time and we know we were going out for nice dinners each night and um, I was very excited because we'd been talking about getting married and I knew he'd been saving up for a ring. And so on one of the nights when we were out for dinner and dessert, I could see that there was a box in his pocket um, or something similar to a box. And I was like, there we go. There's my confirmation. That's an engagement ring box for sure. So um, I tried to be on my best behavior, acting nice and lovely and polite and using the knife and fork properly, you know. Um, But it came time to go back into the conference that night and no proposal had happened. So I was a bit confused and disappointed, but I was okay, there's still plenty of time. So anyway, after the service, we were outside chatting and I said to Justin, I really thought you were gonna propose tonight. And he looked at me strangely and asked, well, why would you say that? Why did you think that? And I told him it's because I knew there was a ring box in his pocket. And to my embarrassment, he put his hand in his pocket, pulled out a phone charger, and I must have been bright red. And he actually said, actually, I wanted to talk to you about something. Tonight in the conference, um, I actually put all my money into the offering, including all the money I'd been saving up to buy you an engagement ring. And well, that's when the tears started and I was definitely having my Judas moment here. 
But after a little while, I had the revelation that I didn't want to marry a man who wasn't willing to give, to give God everything. I was grateful that Justin had a heart of worship that would give extravagantly and sacrificially to God. He would put the Lord first before our marriage, before his dreams and goals, before his career, before it all, he would put God first. And obviously Justin proposed shortly after and we were married within about six months. So it was all good. God is good, hey? So let's keep reading from verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of, of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. And so the town of Bethany had become famous, a bit of a tourist spot. People were coming to see this guy who Jesus had raised from the dead. People came to see Lazarus because he was a witness to the miracle working power of Jesus. And it wasn't Lazarus's words necessarily that was a witness, but it was what Jesus had done in him. And our lives have been spiritually brought back to life as well. We've been changed by God and people should be able to see that. That should be so attractive to people. We were dead and now we're alive in Christ. And I love looking at these three siblings, Mary, Martha and Lazarus. To me, they represent three aspects of our relationship with God. Martha, she was a servant. She loved helping, serving. She was hospitable. Mary was a worshipper. She built that relationship with Jesus. And Lazarus was a witness. He was pointing people to Jesus. And we were all created to have a relationship with God. We were all created to be witnesses to others, to point them to Jesus. And we can all bring glory to God and serve him by making a difference in this world and by loving, loving others. The most precious thing you can give God is yourself. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvellous mercies be? To, resent, to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Just as Mary filled that home with the fragrance of the perfume, I want my life to be surrounded by a fragrance of worship and honour for Jesus. I want my life to have a sweet aroma. I want to honour Jesus by honouring others. I want to serve him by serving others. I want to give to him by living generously. Worship is a way of life. It's not just what we do at 10am on a Sunday morning. Worship is both an attitude and an act. John 4.23 says, All true worshippers must worship God in spirit and in truth. True worship takes place on the inside, in the heart or spirit of the worshipper, and it overflows into obedience and submission to God. I just want to finish with a quote by Charles Spurgeon that says, All places are places of worship to a Christian. Wherever he, wherever he is, he ought to be in a worshipping frame of mind. So I trust that God spoke to you today through his word. And as you chat and pray together, I know that the Holy Spirit will continue to teach you and encourage you and bring you wisdom. Uh, have a wonderful time together and we look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless. Thank you.
We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.